0: We always look at assets that have a history of doing well over a long period of time. Stocks, real estate. I feel like you can't go wrong with those as long as you have the time. So don't be a market timer, but always gauge your success by the time in a market. I think that is something that's really powerful. Is yeah, sure you get in right now and you might feel like oh, I'm a loser. I got in the real estate market and everything went down. But if you hold this asset for you know ten years, you're gonna it's gonna be a great decision. And so that's why you have to look at always, always look at investing that way. Look at it as not as timing a market, but time in a market. Welcome in to the Free Retiree Show, your go-to podcast for your career, your money, and where we learn from people that have made bad financial mistakes. Matt McElroy, how's your Hummer doing?
1: I wouldn't know. I haven't driven it in quite a while. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's not allowed to drive it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah I just moving it around the driveway is too expensive.
0: Yeah. So welcome into our show. Today, we're going to be talking about the economic update. What does the economy look like? We'll be talking about inflation, gas. And we'll also be talking about investment themes to think about in this current environment. We got rising rates. As we said, inflation is running out of control market is very volatile all things that we're going to be discussing today so matthew jury's still out are you happy with your beautiful hummer yes and no
1: <laughs> i still <laughs> i still love the car can but you
0: afford to drive right
1: it no i don't really drive it <laughs>
2: <laughs> you got to get the hummer ev dude
1: oh i know uh, have you guys seen it it's, it's pretty actually a pretty cool looking car looks yeah it
2: looks bad it looks bad
0: so guys What's your thoughts on the economy right now? What are you guys concerned about? What things are on your mind?
1: You guys, I don't know. I've seen a lot of news articles kind of like saying, hey, I think it was a Bank of America says a recession's coming. This person says a recession's coming. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the thing that's kind of weird about that, right, is that like in 2008, I don't think anybody was like saying, hey, this recession's coming. So the fact that this is so blatantly obvious to everybody that it's coming, doesn't that, it's kind of scary in a way like, hey, what, how bad is it really going to be? I will say I will
0: say this, though. Uh, I haven't gone a month where I've where I haven't seen a dozen articles in the last decade and a half where they're talking about the next recession coming. So, yeah, yeah, maybe the the rhetoric is gone up a bit, but that's a consistent thing that I've seen for a decade and a half. So got to look at it saying it, though.
1: Because it's different when you have like the banks, because they have these people that are like trained analysts, like looking at the market and, 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 you know, they're coming, they're not just like saying it, right? They're coming to this conclusion based off data and everything else. Yeah.
0: I mean, I would say that there's a lot of analysts out there, and a wide majority of, you know, these so called analysts get it wrong like over and over and over again. Well, CEO Jamie Dimon, he's the uh, CEO of Chase, he is said he is concerned banks have had great profits over the last year. And now I think it's coming to a a screeching halt based off everything that's going on with the rates and banks are concerned right now. I think it's, everyone's always thinking, oh, there could be a recession, but there's nothing that's ever, not even the banks are saying, oh, it's for sure this next year we're going into
2: recession, but they are concerned. I think like to your point, Matt, like, yeah, we've been hearing about this crash for a while and I just don't believe anything I hear now, but like, I think where I'm concerned about a little bit is the, and I'd love your thoughts, Lee, is like the stock market. I feel like I don't check my stocks that often, but when I do, it seems like it's there's a downward trend happening right now across the board on everything I own. So (laughs) I'd just be curious to see, like, is this a phase? Is this just wait and see? Like that's kind of where my head's at. Yeah. So I would say that right now we are in this alarm.
0: The alarms are sounding at this point in time. If you look at past recessions, the common trend when we look for potential recessions, 2008 was something of an anomaly, different situation. But historically, when we look at recessions, there's a couple things that we look at. The number one thing being inflation. Now, most people don't think about that, but inflation has a massive impact on everything. And the reason that is, is you go through these cycles where the economy is doing fantastic. Companies are making rec- record profits. They're hiring people. They're, they end up offering employees more because the economy is doing so well. And what happens is inflation creeps in. It takes away from the profits that they were forecasting because everything becomes more expensive. And then they realize, oh man, although we're making tons of money, our bottom line isn't that great because we're spending so much because of inflation. So how do we change that? Easiest way to change it is you start firing people. That that makes the balance sheet uh, look much better. And then you got a bunch of people that are unemployed that basically they can't put money into the economy. And that's how you get your standard recession. Everything gets reset. And then the Fed is in the situation where well, now we have to stimulate the economy. So that's kind of your basic recession. So I would say right now, things are very serious. We have had a record high inflation that we haven't seen in 40 years. And as of March, the inflation is at 8.2 year over year, which is crazy. Because if you think about it, what we're trying to do is, as, a, as an economy is we want to we keep inflation around 2%. So we are way above. The Fed wants to keep it at 2. We're at 8.2. So that's concerning. Well,
1: also, didn't they say that we were going to be in the realm of like 7% and like now it's like, oh, it's 8% and it's like, it just shows that they don't have a grasp on it like they should have, right? I guess another way to say it is like they don't have control. Like they think they do, but they, or they try to portray this maybe image that they do, this picture that they do, but they don't. I mean, the way I think of it, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's almost like they're walking a tightrope and they're trying to balance between raising interest rates and inflation. And it's like this perfect little balancing walk. And it's like, something's going to give at some point.
0: Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with COVID. We talked about this before, I think a couple months ago. we were I remember we had our episode on debating, oh, is this transitory? Is this not? And I think we were all under the impression that the storyline was a little bit uh, askew. Like it was crap, basically, what the media was telling us and what the Fed was telling us. And now it's come out, I think, that they did print just too much money. Obviously, the war with Russia and Ukraine isn't helping because if you think about all the oil that we were getting from Russia, that has stopped and oil plays a big impact on the economy because most families don't have a ton of disposable income. And if you're paying an excessive amount at the gas pump, that's less money
2: that you can put in other areas. So it has a trickle effect. So I'd say right now- Do you guys buy that though? <clears throat> do you buy like, what we're getting that much oil from Russia? And then isn't like the cost of oil lower? Like I, I think oil companies are just greedy right now.
0: I think it has a little bit to do with both. <laughs> and I've heard that argument. I think it's probably a bit of truth on uh, we were probably getting quite a bit of oil from Russia, but also I think the oil companies are probably screwing us at the pump. So I think it's a combination of both. But but either way, it is a difficult time. Uh, I wouldn't say sound the alarm. Definitely don't be selling all your assets right now, trying to go to cash because that's a major mistake. As we've said on the show, you don't want to do those sort of things. But we'll talk about some investment themes today that you might want to think about. So right now, when you think about everything that's happening, you want to look at where can we invest and what things make sense. So with the current environment, inflation being as high as it is, the theme of value investing is something that we should look at more favorably. Over the past decade, if we look at the stock market, people have been in uh, growth focus mode. So we look at growth stocks. These are stocks that are high earning. Their price to earning is very high. So they're very expensive. And that investment theme has worked out very well over the last decade, paying a high price for these awesome companies that Sergio tends to work at that are just monstrosities that make a ton of money. Overvalued. And that has worked out well. But now with the current environment, value investing is something that's more favorable. And if you guys are unfamiliar, value investing, the way I could frame it is- we're looking at buying companies that are just significantly undervalued, the price to earnings isn't as high, and they have this greater potential of appreciation. So one of the most famous value investors that's out there, Warren Buffett. That's what he believes in. He looks at companies that might have really good profits. And that's the key thing. We don't look for crap, but we want to look for solid companies with good profits and their valuations are lower. And historically... Value investing has done much better than growth investing. So I would say
2: that is one theme that makes sense at this current point in time. Do you see any like industries where a lot of those types of companies are like right now? Like any, I don't, you don't need to name companies, but like are there sectors where there's more of those types of companies? I would say that it's spread out across the board. I will
0: tell you where it's not right now. Traditionally, tech is more growth-oriented. So yeah. as you've seen, if you look at how the how tech has done, in the recent months, it's been abysmal in terms of all the tech companies. But as we said, investing is a long game. So you want to make sure that just because you're seeing one sector get beat up, it's not a short-term investment decision. But in, you know, there's, it's all across the board. If you look at Berkshire Hathaway and you look at their holdings, I mean, they hold Coca Cola, they hold Bank of America, they hold Geico Insurance, they're a Dairy Queen. It, it, so it really just depends. There's not a specific yeah. sector, but it really comes down to looking at balance sheets, looking at profits, and finding those gems during this time. The other theme that I would say makes sense right now is international stocks. International stocks have really come to favor mainly because U.S. stocks are priced so high. So right now it's, it's worthwhile to take a look at your portfolio, look at the cash on the sideline and say, like, all right, well, let me look at the potential making an international play. Because I think right now, international is priced significantly better than U.S. Don't invest in Russia right now or the ruble. <laughs> Those would be bad decisions. And then theme number three, talked about this before, real estate real estate is a great hedge for inflation. So for people that are looking for regular income, real estate's a great way to go. And even though it's becoming more expensive to buy a piece of property because they're raising the rates, real estate is still a solid place in the current economic environment. Thoughts?
1: No, I I just, I don't know if I agree with real estate right now, dude. I feel like it's so expensive and then I mean, if you look at the difference that these increase in interest rates make, you know what I mean, on on these properties when they're already priced so high, Mm -hmm. I mean, these loans are getting out of control, right? Like the average person isn't going to be able to afford an average home here in the Bay Area just based off interest rates and the the current value.
0: Yeah, I would say that I agree with you on that part of it. It's uh, becoming more expensive. So make sure if you're getting into real estate, we always talk about like, look at your cash flow. make sure you're not over leveraging yourself to get yourself into real estate. That's the most important part. I'm not telling you to, you know, if you don't have the financial strength to go in there and buy a house right now, that would be stupid. Make sure you have that financial strength. Make sure roughly your debts don't make more than 36% of your income that you're making. If you can... Get into that requirement of purchasing real estate, I say still go ahead because yes, maybe in the short term, there's the potential that real estate prices go down. But overall, there's other benefits as well. There's tax benefits. And if we're holding this for the long haul, it's going to make sense, right? So we always look at assets that have a history of doing well over a long period of time. Stocks, real estate, I feel like you can't go wrong with those as long as you have the time, right? We don't want to. We don't, no one wants to be a market timer. Market timers, I've never met a good one. I don't think they exist. There's people that can like believe, oh, I timed the market. You might have done it one time and you got it wrong thirty other times. So don't be a market timer, but always gauge your success by the time in a market. I think that is something that's really powerful. Is yeah, sure, you get in right now and you might feel like oh, I'm a loser. I got in the real estate market and everything went down. But if you hold this asset for you know ten years, you're gonna it's gonna be a great decision. And so that's why you have to look at always always look at investing that way. Look at it as not as timing a market, but time in a market.
2: Yeah. I think real estate, like I think uh Bay Area is kind of out of the question now. For most people for realistic, the appreciation I don't see the appreciation. like San Jose, everything's like a million, Gilroy's coming up to a million. I think like those Lee, you and I have talked about it. Yeah. I think for the listeners, it's finding those growth markets, even going back to your other point about these growth companies, but same with real estate, like Sacramento. That's a very astute observation. All those spots. That's where I've been looking, like all those spots outside of like San Jose area. Just just like what we talked about, that's spot on. Like we're talking about these um,
0: growth companies, these large growth companies being overvalued and it's going to be a rough ride. I mean, real estate isn't the same across the board. As we've said before, like it depends. If we're buying a high price price, Real estate in the Bay Area probably rough decision. I mean, will you make money in the long haul? I believe you will, but it's gonna. It might be rough for quite some time. Look at the growth trends, right? If you're looking at real estate, and here's a great thing about real estate that that makes it not so difficult. If you're looking for uh, real estate that can uh, have the potential to appreciate, what you do is whatever market you're in, you look at the best spot and realize that's the most expensive and realize everyone thinks the same way that you do. They all want to move away from that expensive spot and commute into it. So all you got to do is you look at these areas in, around the high-priced real estate and realize people all think the same. They want to go to the next city that's cheaper so they can commute to it. And so wherever you're at, use that same rationale. And so whether it's the Bay Area, whether it's New York, whether it's Miami, Florida, these principles are the same. So, But that's a great, that's a great observation search. The last one I'll say, the last investment theme that kind of makes sense at this point in time is clean energy. And that's a theme that has been consistent for many years now. We're all, we all feel that shift that as a society, we want to make a shift towards just using clean energy. But right now with the war... And the price of uh, fuel, it makes even more sense. So that's a, an investment theme that I see r- right now and in the near future being a very interesting play. So none of this is investment advice, but these are all things that we want you guys to think about. Good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Questions? Matt, any objections? I know you got, I know you got some, you all got some objections for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I agree with what you guys are saying. I mean, like, especially what Sergio was saying, but the, the only problem with looking at like those outlier towns from like, let's say like the Bay Area, right, as an example, and like good looking at places like Sacramento, Modesto, yeah. Los Banos, all those kind of surrounding outlier cities that are, you know, a little bit cheaper. The thing that you have to keep in mind is that if recession and things come, those areas often get hit the worst, right? They get hit a lot harder than say like San Jose or Santa Clara, because they'll retain the desired area that for everybody, right, they'll retain their value a little bit better then somewhere like Modesto or Sacramento. I mean, you could use like 2008, what happened there as an example where like, well, I I mean, I'm just talking off the top of my head. I don't, but it's like San Jose, Santa Clara, values dropped 25 to 30% during the recession. Sacramento, I mean, you saw losses down anywhere from 40 to 60%, you know what I mean? So it's just a little different, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking at that same strategy too. I'm looking at these outlier towns because you can get the best deals.
2: I was thinking if you hold for like, 15, like let's say a recession hits tomorrow, but you're planning on holding the house for 15 years. Like, could you ride out that dip? And then it, Oh, hundred
1: percent. You just have to be able to float the mortgage during that time. period. During
2: that time. And
0: that sure. goes all down to like what we yeah. said before, like make sure you have that financial strength before you jump into something that you can't hold on to. And Like we said, real estate's a great asset class. It's how people become wealthy. We can all attest to that. We know so many people that have had success there and that theme will continue. So just keep your eye on the long game and you will be fine. All right, thanks for joining us, everybody. You've been listening to The Free Retiree Show. So long for now.
3: You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of LinkedIn Incorporated or Microsoft Corporation. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.